So in honor of Lag Ba'emer coming up, we're going to learn a shtickle of Nesiva Shalom on Lag Ba'emer together that I feel is going to be very beneficial for the work that we're trying to do. It's on Chelek Beis, Svira Sa'emer, Peit Shin Lamad Aleph, Maimer Chi'i, Omer Bekiva Ashrechem Yisrael. So he takes the regular words that we all know, and he really sheds a tremendous light on these words. Omer Bekiva. Bekiva said, Ashrechem Yisrael, Yidin are fortunate. Before who do we get purified? And who purifies us? Avichem, our father, Sheba Shemayim. That's in Yuma Pehe Yomad Beis. In Yinzeh Shel Bechinas Avichem, this concept that Hashem is called our father, who Kalashen HaZayr HaKadosh, like the Zayr says, the Afagav the Kutshubarichu Racham Leiladina, even though Hashem loves justice, like it says, Hashem is the ultimate judge, and you do the time, you do the you do the crime, you do the time. Hashem is straight. You do you you pass the red light, you got a ticket. Hashem loves justice, even though even though really Hashem loves justice. But Netzach Rechimu These are five words in Aramaic that are unbelievable. The love that Hashem has for His children conquers the love that He has for justice. Now this is amazing, because we as parents, we have rules. And we love rules. There's a bedtime, there's a curfew, you have to this, you have to that. But the love for our children has to conquer the love that we have for our rules. Now, if you think about it a little bit more, we see that Hashem has a lot of rules. The world is full of teva. Teva is nature, nature is rules. So water goes down, water does not stand up. But when it came time for Hashem to choose between his love of rules and his love for Klal Yisrael, and it came to Kriyas Yamsuf, and the only way for us to be saved, I guess, was that the water should stand up. So Hashem said, not only I love my rules, not only I love my children, but I love my children more than I love my rules. And he commanded the water to stand. So you see that sometimes you have rules, but the rules are not there to drown the child. In Home Sweet Home, I had a hundred rules. A tremendous amount of rules because I took kids off the street. We gave them a second chance at life. We gave them everything that they wanted. And we told them, listen, if you're going to want to be part of this program to rehabilitate yourself, there was a lot of rules. Now, why is that different than what I tell parents? Very posh it. First of all, because the rules that I gave them were the rules that they wanted. They, they wrote the rules. They all ended up, I helped them make sure that it was the category. But these were all kids that said, we want to be clean. We want to be stable. So we said to them, okay, no problem. You'll stick to the rules. We will make sure you have the happiest life. So the parents who are giving the rules are not necessarily giving the right rules for the kids that are based on the kid's situation. They're giving the rules to be normal. That's a rule. Dress like us. I never had a rule be from. They came to my house. They went out Friday night, unfortunately, to smoke cigarettes. It wasn't a rule, keep Shabbos. So the rules were there according to what they said that they were coming for. I would take out a blank piece of paper and I said to them, Come, let's write the rules. Rules? What do I need rules for? So you don't need rules, but there's going to be other kids here also. You're coming here because you want to be good, right? Yeah. You realize the street doesn't make you happy, right? You don't want to be on the street, right? You want to keep a job, right? Right. So if you're going to go to sleep at night and there's no rule and everybody's up keeping you up till 4 o'clock in the morning, partying and, and making noise, you're not going to be able to keep your job, right? Right. So why don't we make a rule that after a certain time, everyone has to be quiet, so that way you don't disturb somebody else, right? And somebody won't disturb you. All the rules we made was based on their destination. I didn't make a rule that you want to go to California, but you have to go towards Florida. 
and made the rules for their destination. And they went and said, yeah, I guess you're right. I said, well, if you have to wake up at, if you have to be at work at nine, what time do you have to leave? Well, okay, eight o'clock. Okay, if you have to leave at eight o'clock, what time do you have to wake up? Some would say 7.45, someone would say 7.15, someone would say 8.30, some would say 9.30. But most of the time they said 7 o'clock. Okay, if you have to wake up at 7, not just one time you could pull an all-nighter. Of course, they all say that if you stay up all night, you're less tired, right? You're less tired the next day. It's stupid to go to sleep because they all say that, right? You're less tired. I'm much more tired after I sleep, you know. Okay, but on a steady basis, when do you think that you need, how many hours do you need to really be able to concentrate on the job? They would all say seven hours, eight hours, nine hours. I said, okay, we can't have eight, nine hours. Let's do this. Twelve o'clock, we call TIB. Took us in bed. That was, a, that was our rule, TIB. And everybody agreed that twelve o'clock, you have to have your T in the B, TIB. Okay, that was a rule. Now, what happens was, in your bed, you can watch, you can, as long as you're not disturbing, the light goes off, everybody's in your bed. You want to stay up for an hour or two or three reading or watching movies, or what, that's, that's your department, but you can't disturb somebody else. And that's the rule. Now, of course, the rules were bent a lot, and I wasn't exactly the toughest guy. Sometimes it was 12.15, sometimes I let them go to 12.30, you know, and people would say, like, I'm so not an authority, and yet I had kids in bed 365 days a year, because this was open three, we never had off. There were times that I had these quote-unquote rebels, Thanksgiving night, bed, uh, Christmas Eve, bed, New Year's Eve, bed, Purim night, they're, they're schluffing at 12 o'clock. And I remember the first, uh, the fourth kid that came to Home Sweet Home, the mother said to me, Mr. Fishoff, that's the way she talked, Mr. Fishoff, my son does not listen to any rules. What makes you think that he is going to be in bed and he's going to listen to your rules? I said, well, we're going to try, okay? And that night I came up at 12.25, I went into the upstairs of Home Sweet Home, I took in at that time on July 5th, 2004, three crazy cuckoo kids who were doing drugs and who were like putting, kid put cocaine or whatever in his mother's cholent on Shabbos and everything was F you, F you. He didn't listen to anything, right? And I went upstairs and I'm like, Chaim, Yanko, Shmero, and they were sleeping because they were tired because they were all getting up in the morning and we had fun every night. The rule was you had to go out and have fun. It was a rule, but it was a rule based on their destination. So first of all, the difference between me and parents is I didn't take the kids the year before or two years before because they weren't ready. These were kids who were at the point that said, I'm ready for this. So you can't give rules before they're ready. I only took the kids who were Taka ready for that. Taka, most kids who came, did not come into Home Sweet Home. I had three kids out, out, out of thousands. Only two or three or four that were ready at the point that they can want this even though it was all goodness. So Home Sweet Home was all goodness. VIP, they used to tell us. VIP, we took them out at night, we had fun, everything was great, but you had to be in a certain place in mind, in your uh, spiraling out of control, in your rebellion, in your life, you had to be able to chap that this is even good for me to be able to do it. So, number one, they weren't my kids. Parents can't make rules on their kids like a stranger can. Because with me, I said, you don't like the rule, you don't have to be here, you're checking into the hotel, and there's no smoking, and I'm giving you a free upgrade to the penthouse suite, but you can't smoke, you have a choice, you want to smoke in the penthouse suite, you can't be here. I have a right to do that. Parents can't say, if you don't stick to the rule, I'm locking the door. That's kares, that's cutting the kid off, that does a tremendous amount of damage. Second of all, the rules were matim, according to their destination, and third of all, I knew how to bend the rules, without 
them feeling that they're taking advantage of me because I always made it like I'm doing them a favor. Of course you're running late. No, you're not feeling, no problem. Another cigarette, go out. And I always worked with them. Now, I'll tell you a story about not drowning kids with rules. So I had a lot of rules. Their, their hair couldn't be long. They couldn't have piercings. They, we had upsharons that we made. We had all kinds of jewelry that I have a bag of all kinds of stuff that they gave me. It was, I gave them such a great opportunity. It cost me $100,000 a year that I paid or raised, so they understood that this is, this is not just go to yeshiva, and this is not just you know, stick to rules for no reason. This was like an opportunity to be, to be cuddled and coddled, and Baruch Hashem, that's why the results were astounding. We, have a better, we had amazing results. Every kid came in, stopped drugs, cold turkey. It was unbelievable. Most of the kids, by graduation, from, from, from. The seven kids who got married, married girls with shaitals and with uh, whatever, like mamish from, shamish abbas, mikvah, tahar, everything, kadushas abayas, everything. And really great. Really, really great results. Fine. So, of course, there was no drugs. And if you did drugs, you're out. I'm sorry, I can't help you. I'm nothing against you. You can move into my house, but you can't be in home sweet home if you're doing drugs. That was a rule. So, I found out that there was one kid who was very, very troubled. Well, they were all very, very troubled. But he was like super sketchy trouble. And he went around the corner, and he got, there was girls there, and he did stuff with the girls. They were actually um, Beisako girls. There were three from boys and three from girls engaging in stuff that from kids in yeshiva should not be doing. He was off the derech. He somehow got wind of it, walked all the way around the corner, and they were doing drugs. So he, it, weed. He smoked weed. And he got other stuff that we're not allowed to do when you're in home sweet home. Okay. So I got wind of it. One of the older kids there was like a... Anyway, he told me about it. So I drove by the house. And the first thing I did was, it was like 12.35. First I got into pajamas at home. And I put on my robe and my slippers. So it should look like I woke up. As if I was sleeping at 12.35. And I just happened to go there and I said, Oh, I, I forgot something on my desk. My office used to be there. I'm coming in to take a look. And as I said, Oh, how you doing? Each one... By this kid, I took like literally one second. I like got stuck on his eyes. And then I said, uh, look, and that's it. Okay, see you guys later. I got a text from the older guy. Oh my gosh, he said, Avi's, I'm busted. Avi saw my eyes for sure. He saw something was wrong. And I'm dead, I'm dead in the whole night and the whole day. The next day, I went ahead and I surprised them with a drug test where I always gave them ran- random drug tests which was supposed to happen randomly about once a month. They happened about once in three years. Because most of the time, I just didn't even have to, and I didn't want to. And as long as you're on the treadmill, we're going to get someplace. You're on the road. I don't even mind if they slip up, because ultimately we won the war. So we never really, Baruch Hashem, had a drug infestation. We had guys like this who would slip, and very, very rare. Very, very rare. Anyway, um, I went ahead and I said, guys, surprise, we're doing a drug test. And I pulled out cups. Each one had their name on it. And I took a pair of scissors out of my pocket. And I went over to them and I snipped off their hair to put it in because I do hair follicle tests. Now, obviously, if they had any brains, they would realize that if you cut the hair, you don't have the follicle. Obviously, I never did this because I never actually sent in these cups. And I had no idea until much later that the hair itself without the follicle is gunish vert. It's totally worthless. Okay. But I said, Chaim, 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 whatever the names were. I wrote their name in it, and I put their hair into the cup, Adkan. 
that night, my my older kid in Home Sweet Home, who's already like a dorm counselor-ish kind of situation, oh, he's freaking out, he's freaking out, he can't believe, he thought you're going to do a urine test, and he already bought urine from his friend and dropping it over, he's having urine being delivered to the house, and you went ahead and you did hair, he wasn't counting on, he was going to get somebody else's hair, he, Mama snipped it from his head, fine, I got him. Friday afternoon, it was after he got back from work, it must have been about 2 o'clock, this kid was in the kitchen at Home Sweet Home. I walked into the kitchen, and I said... I'm going to give you the biggest gift that I ever gave anybody in my entire life. He just looked at me. Mamish stunned. I quietly, I took his cup, I turned it over, I knocked the hair out to the floor. I put it on the counter. I took out a pair of scissors from my pocket that I planted beforehand. I went ahead and I cut my hair off my head and I put it in his cup. In other words, it's going to come out clean because it's going to be my hair. He looked at me, his mouth was open. And I said, looked at him, I said, you know... This goes against everything that I believe in. You know that I'm straight and that I never break rules for anybody. But I believe in you and I know you're good and I know you can do this and I know you fell and you're not going to fall again, right? And he's like, right? I'm like, I'm not going to regret this. He's shaking his head, no, you're not going to regret this. Okay, he needed to know that I caught him so he doesn't do it again and again and again. But I didn't want to drown him because if I'm going to take the rule of home sweet home and throw the kid out, that means my rule that is there to help the kid hurt the kid. That's not what a rule is. There's no shot in a rule. It's only there to help the kid, not to hurt the kid. So I went ahead and I did that for him. I told him, you know, my board, they thought I had a board. Okay, I, know, I don't have a board. I had a board when I made the organization, but I never spoke to them for years. I said, my board, if they find out about this, they're going to fire me. My job is on the line. Job, you don't get paid. I know, but I'm in charge. And the authority that they give me, they take a chryis, we have insurance. I, I, I'm putting my neck out on the line for you. I got it. Am I going to regret it? No. Okay? So what I, I got this from this concept, that Hashem loves mishpat. He loves justice. Right? He loves it. Everything is, is perfect. Like so many parents, right? We love everything has to be like this. You have to take the bath. You're number three. You take the bath. And then you have to go to bed. There's a system. And we like our systems and our rules to work perfectly. But one thing you have to remember, five words from the Zayir HaKadosh. Netzach rechimul dubanui. Your love for your children has to conquer your love for your rules. That's where I got from the from the Zayir. Possession is kavanah bekiva ba'omrei ashrechem Yisrael. We're learning lekavod like ba'omrei. We're learning yishtigol and siva shalom on 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 like ba'omrei. Netzach rechimu debani lechimu dedina. Possession is kavanah rebekiva ba'omrei ashrechem Yisrael. What did rebekiva mean? That we are fortunate. You know what he meant? Umimetar eschem avichem shpeshamayim. Who purifies you? Now, let me ask you a question. If you're being purified, what does that mean? That you're tummy. Who's the guy who needs to be purified? The guy who's not pure. Who purifies you? Hashem could have said, listen, you have a dirty diaper, you go to mommy to change it. You're, you're, you're tummy. Okay, I have a malach, I have a system. You go to the justice department, you go to the jail, and to Rikers, and they're going to take you in, and they're going to incarcerate you, and they'll work it out with you. I'm not going to be busy with you. I told you don't get dirty. Now that you're dirty, go deal with the malach. Go deal with the department of whatever. Zakhtar Bekiva, you know who is the one who cares for you when you fall and you sin against him? Hashem himself. And you know who he is? He's your father. And you know what that means? He loves you more than his din. So how lucky you are that the one who's judging you, who's upholding justice, is the one who loves you more than his justice. What could you ask for more than that? 
Even though Avadi loves Mishpat, Achu Avichem Sheba Shamayim, he is your father in heaven. The Avosay Alechem, his love for you, Goiveres Alahavas Mishpat, outweighs, overpowers, is stronger than his love for Mishpat. That's the whole vart. Omer Ebekiva, Ashrechem Yisrael, you are so fortunate that who is going to purify you when you mess up and become Tomei and you're, you're, you're not clean? How could a not clean person be medabic in, in, in Hashem? The answer is doesn't matter. Hashem himself says, I will take care of you myself. And that's the luckiest thing in the world. Ashrechem, you're so fortunate because the one who you have to deal with when you get messed up happens to be your dad. And happens to be your dad loves you more than his justice system. So that's the greatest thing in the world. Umashma, it's mashma, the sphere leilor of Akiva, Keilchasa, the Remeir Talmidai. It sounds like Rebekiva holds like his Talmud Remeir. What did Remeir say? Benkach, Ubenkach, Kuyim, Banim. Shaharioimru, Ashrechim Yisrael, Veloshana Kelelis, Kol Yisrael, Kulam, Af Elu Duloy Mali. Do you see that he says Ashrechim Yisrael? It doesn't say Ashrechim Tzadikim, Ashrechim Talmidech Achamim, like the song. It says Ashrechim Yisrael, all of you which means those of you that are worthy and those of you that are also not worthy. And who does he say? Means that he calls you his son, he's your father, even when you mess up. It's mashma that he holds like Reb Meir, his Talmud. Even those that are not good. And also the Pasuk that he's learning it from. And on every Jew, in every situation, he's called your father in heaven. Also, he can prove this. There was a, uh, uh, not a famine, what's it called? We have no rain? Very good, a drought. Why did we get a drought? Because we did Averis. So the reason that we were crying out, you know that story, right? I'm so, I'm so thirsty. We were crying out to Hashem. We're thirsty. But why were we thirsty? Because there was a drought. Why was there a drought? Why was there a drought? Because we sinned. So we caused this, right? We caused it. And what happens? The same Rebekiva, because Rabbi Lazar, I think it was before, tried all kinds of ways. Everybody tried to get rain. But the fact is, we couldn't get rain in the system of justice because we didn't deserve the rain because of our sins. Rabbi Kiva says, who cares if we sinned? Avinu Malkenu. You're not our Malkenu. You're first Avinu. You're our king, which means the one in charge of the din. But you're avinu malkeinu, umiyad nene. Because what, what is the malach going to say who's against us? They don't deserve it. Hashem says, I know they don't deserve it. They don't need to deserve it because my love for them is more than my love for right and wrong. I didn't make the rules to kill them. They're going to drown without the water. So therefore, I'll break the teva of the ruchni yistikavelt, because Hashem made it a, a, a teva. You sin, you don't get water. Not only will I break the, nat- the nature of the earth, of the Gashmias, I'll even break the system that I made in place in Shemayim. Why? Because they're going to die. And I'm not going to make rules that are going to kill them. The rules are not there to kill them. 
This concept of Bonim, that we are Hashem's children, is especially written in the Zayar HaKadosh in His tremendous love that Hashem has for Klal Yisrael. Not just Reb Chaim Kanievsky, but even a Kip, even a Russia, if there is such a thing, and even everybody, if they're Mali, if they're Loi Mali, Ben Kachu, Ben Kruyim, Bonim. Good so far, we're clear? How do you know this? Where does it come from that there could be a concept that you're my son and I love you even though you dropped out of school and you're a drug addict? How do you know this? My brother is very hairy. He's a hairy guy. And I am smooth. I'm, I'm bald. Smooth, smooth hair. Mushal le kavitz like the medrash is a mushal of a kavitz hainu balseir a hairy guy and a bold guy. Shall you aim the malsvas hagoyin? They were at the edge of the granary, granary or granary. We don't have either. Do we have them? Yeah, we don't really hang out too much. But granary, granary, because grain, lashon of grain, granary. Va'ola hamoitz be kavitz for nistavusai. So they're standing at the edge. All of a sudden, these people are throwing up. I guess it's called winnowing. Whatever, I just go to pomegranate, whatever. So winnowing, and all of a sudden, boom, the wind comes, and they get totally um, attacked by all of this... Huh? Husk? Chaff. Chaff. Schmutz. Whatever you want. Not good. So the hairy guy has a bunch of this stuff in his, stuck in his curly hair. Kareach. Kareach is ice cream, no? Yes. Isis. Right. It doesn't go in right. He gets full of the schmutz. He gives a vish. Oop. Bye bye. Listen very carefully. He is dirty. He's in the sewer, full of Averis a whole year. And he doesn't have any way to get rid of it. It gets stuck in him. Aval Yaakov, what would you say? Yaakov the Tzaddik doesn't do Averis. Doesn't say that. Medrash doesn't say that. Yaakov meslachech ba'avoyna is kol yomois hashana. Also. Yaakov also. He gets in trouble. Aval ba'yom ha'kipurim v'yeshloi b'mayichaper. So, hang on. You have two people doing sins a whole year. One's an Esau. And it's stuck to him, and he can't get it out of his hair. He has to go for a perm, perm, straightening, I don't know what it's called. And Yaakov is a bold guy, and he just gives it, wipes it right off of him. But where does this come from? Why is Esav different than Yaakov? Why do the Averis stuck to Esav? And Yaakov, the Jew, is Maslachich Ba'avoy Niskol Hashana. He's saying constantly screwing up, saying Slachlonu, 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 Ashamnu, Baganu, constantly. But Yom Kippur comes and he just wipes it right off of him. What's the difference between Esav who sins and Yaakov who sins? What's the difference between the drug addicts and the criminals who are not Jewish people and the Jewish kids who are, are doing the same exact thing? Right? What's the difference? So listen to what he says. When he sins, Ein hapkam the pkam, the damage of the sin, does not reach his pnimius, his insides, his internal essence. 
כי אין החטא הזה אלא בבחינת מקרה, שהיצהר הסכבר עליו ונכשל. A Jew doesn't sin, but a Jew could, could stumble, a Jew could fall. The Yitzhahar sets a trap, he should have been smarter, he didn't do whatever, and he fell and he stumbles. He's not at peace with that. That's not who he is. Right? It's not who he is. Uh, like we always say, right? He may be, he may sin, but he is not a sinner. There's a difference. The guy, he's saying over here, the guy doesn't have all these rules, so you go, you this, you that. But a Jewish kid who grew up and you paid tuition for him and you gave him a beautiful life and he goes ahead and he falls, Pshat is, he's not internally happy with that. And I can tell you, right, sidebar, let's put a little asterisk, we'll go on the bottom. I've always said this and I've proven it many times that you can't do this with your kids. Do not try this at home. I, once I won the kids over and had a relationship with them, I always found that if I told them, tomorrow morning you wake up, and a star opens up in your hand. And it says, sign here, and all of your Averis are deleted. Would you sign? They all say, sure. Sure, of course. They're not mashlam. They don't want that lifestyle. And then I say, says over here, sign here, and you will not sin for the rest of the year. And you know what they all do? They all say, deal. Hashem will make it in Shemayim that I'm not going to sin. And I did this once. I taught a class in Yeshiva or Yitzchak that um, the worst possible class possible it was boys from our place, which is really like messed, messed, messed up kids, who, they weren't coming to learn Torah. They were told that if you go to the shear, okay, you'll get food. Okay, so they were coming for food. They were coming because they were going to get free dinner and substational after the shear. They walked in, it was mostly Sephardisha kids, and they looked like, wow, okay, no yarmulkes, um, a lot of jewelry, uh, really mean-looking kids, okay? I don't know why they inspired them. They look more mean than the Ashkenazim when they're off. I don't know why. I was a little bit scared. They look like Puerto Ricans a little bit also. They were pretty, and they were like talking Puerto Rican. Like one guy was a rapper, you know, and I, I, I won him over because as soon as he, they told me he's a rapper, I made him start every week this year with a rap. And his raps were very deep. He sounded just like a, mamish, um, like a, a real, you know, rapper. Like it was hard to believe that he's, not black, and that he's Jewish and all that, and that he went to yeshiva, was very deep stuff. A lot about pain, and a lot about struggling, right? It's very interesting. So I let him always, he, he opened up the Chabura. And I had about, mm, I think, at least 20 kids were there. I think it was closer to 30. And I did this on the whole group. After they liked me, and they saw that I'm not a typical guy who looks down at them, I did this on a whole group. I said, who wants kapara? Kapara. And they all said, sure, kapara, no problem. I'll take kapara. What's the hitch? I said, I'll take you about 30 seconds. 30 seconds? Yeah, come on, what's the catch? No problem. What do I got to give you? How much is this going to cost me? Nothing. A kidney? No, I'm just kidding. Not a kidney. It's fine. It'll be harmless. It'll be uh, painless. Who wants kapara? I went around the room. You, you, everyone said yes, even the one who's an atheist. I said, one second, aren't you an atheist? Kapara from whom? I said, okay, you're out. Uh, you know what? We'll let you play the game. Fine. I took a, I said, imagine that you have a piece of paper. It says here, the same thing, that all of your sins will be deleted before Yom Kippur. Okay? Who would do it? And I, I pointed to each one, and they all said, me, 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 I'm deal, good deal, great deal, great, sure, no problem. And then it says over here, sign here, and you will not sin for the rest of the year. And each one of them said, 
One of them was a wise guy. He says, I wouldn't sign that because you get no schar. If Hashem tells you you're not going to sin, I'm not going to get schar for not sinning. I said, bottom line, you want to sign it? I'll sign it. Everybody signed. Listen to what I said. I said, you know what you just proved? You just proved to Hashem. You just proved to all the angels. You just proved to yourself that you are the same as Reb Chaim Kanievsky. Or I forgot which Sfar the Shigadol I said. Okay? You're, you're a tzaddik. You're just not as good as them. They also wish they never sinned. They do some sin on their level. They wish that they never did. And they also committed to not sinning in the future. You're the same as them. You're just, you don't have their life. They don't have your struggles. You can't just become a tzaddik overnight. But in your ratzon, in your pnimius, in your essence, look at you. You're amazing. That's a Jew. Mika Amcha Yisrael. That's Kal Yisrael Yeshlam Chelek. Right? Kal Yisrael Chelek Olam Haba. These guys are not giving up yet. They just can't do it. That's what he was saying over here. When a Jew sins, and he's not mashlim at peace with his matziv. Every Jew is like a bechina, is like a concept of somebody who's bald, who's smooth. That's why going back to Remeir, that's why he says, Ben Kachu Ben Kakuyimbanim. Ki Yisrael, Medush says, Ki Yisrael, Afa Bishachata, Yisrael who? Afilu Kshuchate, Enachet Negea, Ela Bechitsoinius, the Enamagila Pnimius. That means that when your kid is doing something that's bad, even very bad, the pshat is there's still a child, Tashem, and therefore they're still our children. Afal Pishachato Yisrael, who Hashem is not saying that you can't call yourself a Jew anymore. We should not say you can't, you have to change your last name, you're not Greenbaum anymore. You can't cut them off because they're still a Jew. And even when he sins or she sins, it's not in the Pnimius. Because the Pnimius of a Jew is Chelek Elekamimal. Oid Yishloim Evamame Ashrechem Yisrael. Alderech Mashal. This, I'm warning you, this is a little bit emotional, and I, I want you to, to take it to heart. Another pshat in what it means to be Asherim Yisrael, we're so happy that when we get dirty, that Hashem is the one who deals with us. A person, God forbid, needs to go through an operation. If the doctor is a friend of man, she's a, is a, a stranger. So The nurses are in charge of making sure if he's in pain. The doctor wants to make sure I got I got rid of the growth. I did the, I did the surgery. The doctor is not in charge of making sure that you're comfortable and that you're not scared and that you're in that you're feeling okay and you don't feel pain. He's not looking for ways to make your pain less. Is it Amenateach? Is that what it's called? If the doctor, the one cutting you, is Aviv Shel is your father, Datoy Shel Ben Nacha, you're calm. The, the, the patient is calm. He's not worried about being uncomfortable and the pain. He knows that if he's in pain, his father's in pain. And if his father knows that, I've got to give him the pain medication beforehand. Before, you know, usually in the hospital, you're screaming in pain. And then they come and they give you the, what do they call it? The morphine, right? 
No, he's going to make sure that you never have that, that time. He's going to take such good care of you, not just that the operation should be a success, but that you should have as little pain as possible because your pain hurts him. And in all of our pain, Hashem feels our pain. And what, you're not, what you don't have to have pain, what you don't have to go through, you won't go through. This is the Akavana. Ashrechim Yisrael, you know why? Because unfortunately sometimes when we get dirty, sometimes when you clean somebody, it hurts. Right? I had an example. I hate the example. It's, I hate to even mention this example. Um, but it's an example. But my kid, when he was like two years old, I'm sure everybody had this one time, but they had this terrible diaper rash. And they had like this terrible diarrhea. Right? And I had to change him and get the, yeah, off the, right? It was like red and stuff like that. Baruch Hashem, and I only did this like once in my life. It's not my job. Okay? I retired after this. But we all understand that, right? And the, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I did it. I've done it. I've done my share of diapers. But the kid is bleeding and he's in pain and he's screaming, stop, stop. And you really want to stop, but you, you know you have to do this. You know that for his benefit, you have to cause him pain. But it's going to be as little as pain as possible because you love him. And you mean for his benefit. So sometimes when a person has Averis, Hashem has to clean. And sometimes cleaning hurts. But at least we know that the one who's in charge of cleaning isn't some malach who doesn't care about us. i got to clean the car. I'll clean the car. i got to clean the person. I'll clean the person. I don't care. My job is to get him clean. The one who's cleaning us who's caring for our cleansing process, even if it's chas v'shalom, rachman painful, is someone who cares about us, and every inch, stitch of pain that we have, he feels our pain. So we're going to have the least amount of pain possible. So we want to live a life of, of avichem sheva We want to have Hashem in charge of our life, and in charge of all aspects. So Zakdin is Hivisham, unbelievable practical shtickle. Haderech Lahamshik Bechina Zushal Avichim Shabashamaim. How can I pull this this relationship to the level of Avichim Shabashamaim? Shafilu Bamatsuf Shaloy Mali, that even when I don't deserve, because I sinned, you bebechinas bonimatem lashem alikechem, it should be mamish like Amasanta Hashem, who bekoyhua muna, shihudi mamin, ki bonimatem lashem alikechem. The more that we believe that we are children to Hashem even when we sin, the more that as Mamshir pulls down, that Hashem treats us like a son even though we sin. And if you think about it, if you think about it, everything between us and Hashem is a relationship of a father to a child. I think it's the Radak that says that, that when Hashem said He's our father, it means in Bechol Tzad She'efshir. He said it for a reason. So everything that we feel towards a child is what Hashem feels towards us. And everything that we feel the opposite, both ways, that Hashem feels towards us, towards our children. So understand like this, that <coughs> when your kid messes up, and he wants to, he, he tells his friend, oh boy, I'm in big trouble, I stole my parents' car, and I bashed it up. What should I do, right? So the kid says, listen, it's your father, right? He loves you. So you text him, say, Tati, Daddy, I love you. I'm so sorry. I really, I'm really sorry I did this to you. And you awaken the love to the father, and that's a good way that your father is going to be to you. Right? The same thing. The more that we believe that even though we don't deserve, we don't deserve anything, but Hashem loves us, He chose to call us Father, and He chose to call us His children, by pointing that out to Hashem, when we daven for Him, 
that's going to awaken the Bechina of dealing with us as a father deals with his kids. So he's telling us a trick because everybody wants to be saved. He's saying, don't just say, gimme, gimme, gimme. Say, Tati, Father, I know I don't deserve, but please give me even though I don't deserve. And that awakens in Shemaim that Hashem should give you more than you deserve. The way to awaken this is from the power of belief, that we believe, just in the etzem, just by believing, it pulls down that Hashem should treat us taka and give us better treatment. Now we can understand something. This is a vart that I always say Rosh Hashanah time. I always had a kasha on it. And over here, he asked the kasha and he answers it. The Sabah Kadisha from Slanim, said the following. On Rosh Hashanah, we say, Hayoyim Yamad Vamishbot, Hayoyim Haras Today is the birthday of the world, Rosh Hashanah. It's the birthday of the world. Happy birthday, world. Hayoyim Yamad Vamishbot, Today we stand before you for judgment, all creatures. And then we say, Im Kibanim, Im Kavodim. Right? Well, we're telling Hashem, either you're going to treat us like sons, or you're going to treat us like Avodim. If you treat us like sons, and if you're going to treat us like Avodim, then we're waiting for you for judgment. That's what we say. Listen to what he says. On this birthday of the world, on this day, on this day, Hashem stands to judge each person if we acted like Banim or like Avodim. We get to decide what kind of a mishpat we have. If we felt like we're your children, but if we did our mitzvah, it's not because we love you. And if our relationship was like an Eved, Nebuch, I have all these difficulties, all these mitzvahs I have to do, and I have to make Pesach, and I have to pay all these expenses. It's so hard to be a Jew, I'm like an Eved. Okay, so, so we're in heaven. So that's the vart of the Sabbath Kaddishim Islanim. Shazeh Iker HaMishpat. Alzeh Gufa HaMishpat. Imyu Kabanim HaKavadim is a Iker HaMishpat. So he asked the question, right? Such a beautiful vart, right? Hayoyim Haras Oilam, Hayoyim Yamad Bamishpat Koyitzur Eilamim in Kibanim. What kind of people were we? We did mitzvahs. Did we do it like a ban or like an evid? Good. But then he asked the question, the Lechayrim, my Shaykh has a Mishpat. Harry Kaimalon, La Lachok, Kiramayer, Shabankach, Banka, Korean Bunim. You just told me that no matter what, I'm a Ben. And now you're telling me either I was a Ben like an Evan. Ella, Shigamler, a mayor. Haderech Lahamshik, Bechinazu, Shalbanim. Hirak, Bekoyah, Amunish, Yehudi, Maimon, Bibir, Gomor, Shu, Ben, Kiben, Lifne, Amelech. Vahamuno, Bazem, Amshikha, I love me, Madregazu. Yes, Avada, we're children in either way. But you could also have with your two children. You have one kid that always knows how to be mushy to you and it brings out and awakens your mushiness and says, oh, I love you so much, mommy, and I know that I'm so sorry I, I hurt you. And, and you can't punish that kid the same way, even though the other kid's your son also, you can't punish them the same way when they're treating you as if you're totally an enemy and they're looking at you like a judge and you feel like a judge. The way to bring out a higher level of banim is that we're clear every aver we do is just a challenge to still keep that belief. 
That's the amuna to still believe it. And pshat is like this. Sometimes we get challenged to see if we believe in Hashem. Sometimes Hashem wants us to see, even after we sin, the challenge is itself. Do I still believe that Hashem said, Do I still believe like Halacha Kerameir? On Rosh Hashanah, he brings down, Nesib Shalom brings down, that it's a skula, it was Magdala Bapuma de, I think one of the rabbis, I forgot which one, he used to go around saying, Halacha Kerameir, Halacha Kerameir, kind of like reminding himself, kind of reminding Hashem. Ben Kachu, Ben The whole Yom Kippur, here we go, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. We have to ingrain in ourselves and in our children that whether you do, everybody, we know you want to do great when you mess up, but it's still banim. And we have to go through the nisayinus of doing things that make us think that we're far away, to be oymed bin nisayin, to believe that when Hashem said, that that's taka true, and it's 100% even to me. Right? Like I heard some once in the shmuz, Said, it, well, we know, we know from Reb Nachman, Amin right? I heard once from Reb Ram Shor, he said, people come over to him and he says, my Avera is so great, it does such horrible things in Shemayim. He says, wow, you think you're so powerful? Can you imagine what your mitzvah does? Why do we only think that the Avera ruins in Shemayim and our mitzvahs don't do in Shemayim? So we have to have challenges to remember that we have a relationship with Hashem that is indestructible. If we believe that we are children, because we believe that we are a son, and we want to be a son, we want to behave like children, that is Mamshik that brings down this Pechina. Now, of course, the point of, say, of learning this is not just for us, and is not just for because like Ba'ayma we sing Amr Bakiva Shaykhim Israel. But try to understand that this message, perhaps, we did not instill in our children, that they didn't know how Hashem feels about them, and they didn't know how we feel about them as well. In home sweet home, after a while, the guys would always be around and they stopped being allergic to me and they liked me and they would be at my Shabbos table. At my Shabbos table I learned Tyra. I always tell you with these kids you can't learn Tyra. This Tyra you can learn. I would say, Nesiva Shalom, little vertlich, open it up, say stuff, Hashem loves you no matter what, you have to believe it. And their mouths would drop one after another every year. This was a constant. Okay? And they were like, how come nobody ever told me this? I went to yeshiva for 15 years and they forgot to mention that Hashem loves me whether I'm good or whether I don't behave well because really inside I want to be good and that I'm not a reject and I'm not a rebel and I'm not being discarded and I'm not garbage, and that I'm not an, a Russia, a guy, a Shaigetz, a Shekza, we perhaps didn't teach them that you should know Hashem believes that Be'etzem, you're good, and you have struggles, and everybody has struggles, and there's nobody alive that can judge you for your struggles, because nobody knows what you're going through and what you went through. But we believe that you're good, and we believe that whether you do good or not good, that's Yom Kippur. And you know how easy it is to be forgiven for, for sins? It's not who you are. You're going to wipe your forehead away. Hashem knew you're going to sin. He created a spiritual car wash. And believe me, this car wash is stronger than anything you can do. You think that your sin is too powerful? Is more powerful than God's ability to forgive? 
You think that Lefnei Hashem, that the, oh, Hashem is going to clean the Averis, not my Avera. Really? Look at the Alchets. There's some pretty wicked stuff going on. And he says he's going to forgive you. He knows what Chet is all about. And you think that your sins, Shefala, are stronger than God's ability to clean you? It's such a mistake that the kids don't understand that Hashem comes in Kippur. They should be running in Kippur to Shul. It's an interesting thing that I noticed that the people who need Yom Kippur most are the last ones to be into it. You know, the tzaddikim, they go, oh, Yom Kippur, everybody's into Yom Kippur, people don't do Averis, they do a little Averis, they love Yom Kippur. We need it more. The more Averis you do, the more you need that car wash. But the point is that they don't believe that the car wash really could cleanse them. They think that their ability to sin and make their neshama dirty is more powerful than Hashem to forgive them. They don't realize that Lefnei Hashem Tataru, they don't understand that. 25 hours later, you got a clean slate. Because they weren't taught that. They were taught that if you do a little infraction, maybe, perhaps, or a big infraction, or in the early days of their quote-unquote rebellion, they did little things, they were told, you're shagets. You're nothing. It's worthless. You're Instead of being told these concepts. And if Hashem feels like that about us, He's teaching us what a parent is. Did we teach our kids these lessons that, listen, I really want you to be in bed, and I really want you to clean your room, but don't think that if you don't, that, that there's no way around this. You know, why don't we have an amnesty day? Why don't we have our own Yom Kippur? Maybe Mother's Day should be the day. Right? We should have one day a year, or maybe one day a month, or maybe one day a week, that we tell them we wipe the slate clean. You go from week to week and month to month and they add up all the sins against your parents and they never tell you that we're willing to forgive you? It should be one time a year, right? Or once a week. We're going to automatic forgiveness. I call that when you bench your kids Friday night. You give them a hug, you give them a kiss, all is forgiven. New slate. Wouldn't that be amazing for a kid? The kid's not going to think, really? New slate? Wow, I could do so many more bad things to you next week. No. It's going to say... Like we say after Yom Kippur, the slate is clean, we want to keep it clean. When you have a new beggar that comes straight out of the laundromat or the dry cleaner, right? When you wear your kittel, um, a Pesach Seder night, the first time you, dr- you spill wine on it, it's like, oh man, it was looking so nice. We don't like staining clean things, but we have no problem staining dirty things. We have to show them you're not dirty. You're not dirty. Every time you say, it's clean. You don't believe that, Hashem? You think Hashem can't forgive you? So these are concepts that we need to internalize for ourselves with Hashem. We need to internalize with our children, not kips. Kips is already a little too late. We have to figure out how to do that. But we have to internalize with our children, with Hashem. And we have to tell our kids, and by the way, Hashem loves you because He's your father. I'm your father. And I love you more than any sin that you can do. And I love you more than my justice. Weiter, one more shtickle. Another thing that I want to say about the Chiddush, Dr. Nesiv Shalom. By the way, Rav Shach said that the Nesiv Shalom is the Mesilis Yisharim of our generation. Now, the reason I say Rav Shach is because the Nesiv Shalom was a Rebbe. He was very Chassidish. He was also the Me'atzis Gedele Atayra. He was friendly with all the Rebbes. But he was very close to Rav Shach, who was not Chassidish. And he said... That the Nesiva Shalom is the Mesilis Yisham of our generation, which means this is something that is Mekubal, accepted by everybody. He says, Nachavart, Shetzarech Loimer, 
מה מיוחד בטהרה? שאשריכם שהיא לפני השם יסר על שער עניינם ומצווס. It doesn't say, אשריכם ישראל, before who do you shake the lulav? אביכם שבא שמיים. Fortunate are you, before who do you say קריא שמה? Before אביכם שבא שמיים. Only דווקא by sins. מי אופנה מי אתם מתאר, מי מתאר עשר ואביכם שבא שמיים. Why only by sins? And not by שער עניינם ומצווס. אלא, דהנה אומרו חז"ל, when a person sins, how could he get kapara, kapara? How? Vahainu, ki anefeshi kedugmas gufa odom. Shekash niktahim enu aver, enkol tikvashi yashu v'yigdal. When a person has chas v'shalom, an aver, a limb, that got cut off, at that point it's cut off. A tree that loses a branch, it falls off. You can never reconnect it. You can never, it's over. It can't grow. V'chein menefesh achaitas. A person's soul that sins. You lose that ever in Ruchnius, so how could it ever get better? So now the question is if it's like when you sin, you cut off an ever, you cut off a limb, so then what happens with Ruchnius? So listen what he says. The power of Chuva to repent that a Jew has. And the koyach ha-tahara me'achet, to get cleansed from the sin. Al-derech she bi'arnu divrei ha-agodah. Ve'yitzienu Hashem elikeinu mi-Mitzrayim, lo ya'a yidei malach, ve'lo ya'a yidei sarif, ve'lo ya'a yidei ashliach, ala ha-kodesh baruch hu b'chvaydeh ve'atzmai. She'lechayra, listen to this beautiful question. Ma'u inyan ha-miyuchad, b'zeh. She'ha-kodesh baruch hu b'chvaydeh ve'atzmai, yitzienu mi-Mitzrayim. What is the big deal that Hashem took us himself out of Mitzrayim? If he would have sent a limo to pick us up, a malach or a sarap, we would have been just as happy to get out of Mitzrayim. Listen very carefully. It was a problem. It was a problem. An argument against us. They were makatrig against us. They said, hang on. So the malachim wouldn't go pick us up. The Malachim thought that we're all the same. They refused, like the Medrash that we learned so many times, they refused to come and get us. So Hashem couldn't send a Malach and a Sarf because there was a Kitrick against us. We didn't deserve to be saved. Accusation. Accusation. Listen carefully. Only the Abishta that knows the hidden heart. The Kitrick was. Your son is a drug addict. Like, he's a drug addict and he's a drug addict. There were kids going around Friday nights, breaking into cars, right? African-American, a Puerto Rican. Sounds like the beginning of a joke. An African-American, a Puerto Rican, a Mexican, and a Jew go to break in cars. And they tell you, look, they're all the same. They're all arrested. They're not all the same. These guys were free and had a whatever life they had. This Jew is in pain. Think about it. When I'm telling you, your kids are in pain and everything that they're doing is out of pain... This was the only reason that we got out of jail, out of Mitzrayim. Otherwise, we would be dead or captured by Mitzrayim. And right now, we would all be a bunch of short, brown guys with mustaches. Every one of us. We would be no Klal Yisrael. Everybody, all the Makatsugim, your son is a drug addict, your son is a shayit, you know, Machal Shabbos. That was, that was what was going on, a Kitrik and Shemayim. And the Malachim couldn't see past it. But Hashem knows what's going on in the heart. Lifanov Golui, it's open, revealed to Hashem. Ki dimyan ben Ki Yehudi When a Jew sins, and you're going to think, no, my son not. We're talking about the Jews doing Avoid Zara. It's even worse than what our kids today are doing. 
And even then, Nesiv Shalom is saying that when a Jew sins, even Avoid Zara, Kikashi Yehudi Chayte, Libay Shaisis Dam Al Israchusay Me Hashem Isbarach, on a deep level, not the Chitzonius, deep inside of him, he is bleeding, that he's being furthered from Hashem, he's going off the path. He can't withstand the pressure. He can't fight the enemy, the Yitzhara. He can't fight the challenge. Deep down, you know what's going on? Nesiv Shalom is saying so clear, no chet. If you're walking and you're carrying a beautiful vase that your wife bought, and she says, don't throw it down, don't break it, and you trip, and you fall down a flight of stairs and you break it. So she's going to treat you as if you did it on purpose? She knows how good you are. You didn't want to break the glass. You have no interest in breaking the glass. You were falling, free-falling. Somebody tripped you. You couldn't stop. He says that's the mechanics of a Jew who sins. Everybody from a little sin to Lashon Hara to Rechilos to Chil Shabbos to Oivde which they were in Mitzrayim. The mechanics is that he, let's say it again, including your children, when they sin, including me, including everybody, really he's upset. Really, that's not what he wants to do. How many of these kids say, I wish I could, just if, if only we could take them out of pain, tomorrow morning, how good they would be. They can't withstand the Yitzhahara, the Hiskabros, the overpowering of the Yitzhahara. You ever see it so clear? The, the Kitrig was that we're of the Avaydazara. The answer was, no, we're not. Right? I'm not going to get into it because it's late now. The, the example that I always give you about the, I always pick a big tzaddik, and they, they beat him up, and they force him to, to bow to idols. Hashem saw that we were forced. That's what he says. He's, we were not responsible. That's what he's saying. What do you mean? I have a video of your kid smoking on Shabbos. Well, first of all, how do you have a video? But even if you do, you know what's going on internally? No, you don't. Let me tell you what's going on internally. They are not bad. They are Kaddish and a Tahar, a Kamimal, even if they're off the Derech. Only Hashem knows that. You know why? He doesn't know what's going on. The Malach comes down and sees a bunch of and he can't tell the difference which is the with the mustache and, and the towel on his head and who's the with the long tzakras of the pious and the yarmulke. He doesn't have, he only has x-ray vision. He just sees nefesh. He just sees sin and they're all the same. They're all like they have a desire. Hashem could differentiate because he could see deep inside to the rutzen, to the chuka, to the pnimius, to the etzem of the sinner. And he says, I don't see any of the desire here. Do we give this feeling to our children? 
Do we explain to them how Hashem looks at humans when we sin, that He knows that we want to be good, and that everyone has struggles, and that's why He gives us Yom Kippur to be mechaper. It's such a beautiful gift that we have, that Hashem gives us because He understands us. Do we give our children the feeling that a malach, even in Shemayim, tell them, of course your principal doesn't understand you, even a malach doesn't understand you, but you know who does understand you? The that he understands you, even when your parents don't, and even when the school didn't understand you, and even when everybody on the block didn't understand you, and even everything in the whole world. But you should know Hashem does understand you, and He sees that you are chelik elikai mimal kadosh v'tahar. That's what we have to instill in all of our children and to ourselves also. But especially if these kips, kids in pain, would have had this all the years. That even though I'm failing, but Hashem sees internally you're good. That you just can't. Things happen to you. You have struggles. You went through pain. You went through trauma. Or even you made mistakes. Right? But Hashem believes in your goodness. If we as parents look at them and we don't see their goodness and we don't believe in their goodness, how can they believe that Hashem, our Father in Heaven, believes in that they're good? We are representatives. We're Avinu. And the kids say, my father looks at me like a piece of garbage. My mother wishes I dropped dead. So how could you tell me, Hashem is Avinu, that he feels differently about me? And that's why I think it's a chil Hashem. Because you're representing God to the kid, and you're, you're, you're doing the opposite of what the truth is. And that's why we have to be so careful. Like I told you many times, this kid, one of the kids in Om Sweet Home told me that his mother was extremely nice to him throughout his whole rebellion. And his father was really, Mamish uh, terrorized him. And he comes to Rosh Hashanah now. Today he's from, no thanks to his father, thanks to his mother and a lot of other wonderful people. Okay, and most of all, Siat Deshmai Hashem. Comes Rosh Hashanah and he doesn't say, Kirachim Avabonim, Kain Terachim Hashem Aleinu. He can't say it. He says, Kirachim Eim Avabonim, Kain Terachim Hashem Aleinu. Because his father showed him that I don't have Rachmanus on you. If you don't listen to me, I can't look at you and I wish you were dead. If that's what my father is, then Hashem and Shemayim, he's Avinu, so for sure he thinks the same way. He's building up each thing on top of each other. Now that we understand what he's saying, he says, now we can understand the Pasuk that says, Hashem does not see, doesn't look at the iniquities, the sins of Yaakov, he doesn't see the rebelliousness of a Jew. Hashem Ali Hashem is with us. It's very schwer. How could you say that Hashem doesn't look at your sins? What does it say? There's another tool, Shemus, right? How could you say Hashem doesn't look at you? It doesn't make any sense. And yet the Pasuk says, Hashem's not looking at the various of Kali Yisrael. Hashem is with them. I thought I, I thought you don't say right. You can't say Hashem is a vatri and doesn't care. Elapirish lehibit avin beYakov who mipnei sheHashem elikov imoy sheHakadosh Baruch Hu shehu yodeya talumais yodeya ki Hashem elikov imoy that God is with him when shegam b'shashuhu chayte even at the moment while he is performing his sin libay nikra alegzarim inside his heart is ripped to shreds. He does not like somebody, a guy who just sins gladly, has no guilt, 
Mamali Tavasa, he fulfills his taiva and doesn't care. And the next day he looks back and he says, Wow, that was great. I've got to do that again. A Jew is not built that way. Because Because when we're sinning, we go ahead and we think about Hashem. I know people who are sinning and they're so busy with Hashem. This is Chassid, ex-Chassid Shagai, who's such a huge atheist. I told him, 20 hours a day, all you talk about is God. That there's no God, right? That there's a God, there's no God, and you think there's a God. Leave it alone. Leave, move on. You don't believe in God. Enjoy life. He can't. He can't enjoy life because he knows he's wrong, and he can't. He just can't let go. Why? Hashem says, I, I, what are you bringing me? He tells the Mekatrigim. He tells the bad guys, the prosecuting angels. What are you bringing me? A guy who's sinning, and deep inside he's saying, oh yeah, I wish I didn't do this. And as soon as he finishes, he says, oh, I wish I didn't do that. I really don't want to do that. And I really got to try not to do that. And deep down, that's what's happening by every single Yid. That's what you're bringing me? In fact, I think it's really Kiddush Hashem. Because look at you, Yitzhahara. He's a human being. You gave him a huge thing. And you gave him Taiva. And instead of enjoying it, he's feeling bad. That proves the dedication. Sure, a person does a mitzvah, Chaim Kanievsky's learning, and you say, look, that's a Jew. But you know, there's another kind of Jew that brings out Kfait Shemayim. The Jew who's Mechal Shabbos, and who's thinking, oh, I, I can't believe I'm doing this. Why can't you believe it? Just enjoy yourself. It's Kfait Shemayim. The fact is that inside, he's ripped to pieces. That's the mechanics of what's going on deep inside of everybody when they sin. And that's unbelievable. Hashem says, that's what you're bringing me? Somebody who you, Yetzahara, made stumble. I don't know why he brings it, doesn't bring it down here, but he brings it down in a different place. It's Shuva Yisrael, Ad Hashem Alekecha, Kikoshalta Bavinecha. Shuva Yisrael, return until God. Ad Hashem Alekecha. He says, really? After all the Averis I did, I can return. Ad Hashem Alekecha. He says, yes. You know why? Kikoshalta Bavinecha. Because all your sins were just stumbling blocks. You didn't have a shita to sin. You don't believe in sin. You don't want to sin. You don't think it gives you anything. You don't want any part of sin. That's why Hashem says, I am not interested in those sins. As a father, when they're bringing you about your son, and you have to understand, even though you don't see it, don't be like even like a malach. Be like a father. He tells you, you know what your kid did? He went ahead and he broke into the school and he stole the sucker money. You don't know my kid. Maybe he couldn't be miskaber. Maybe he did something on the external that looks bad. We all do things that are bad. But he may be stealing, but he is not a ganif. He may be sinning, but he's not a sinner. He may be going through a tough time, but he is not tough. He is not bad. He's not rotten. Listen very carefully. You know why we're fortunate? Because the guy who's, who you have to go to court, you got a ticket and you have to go to court. You have to go to the judge. The judge is somebody that knows your insides, knows what you're really made out of, and believes in you. You can't ask for a better judge. You know why we're so fortunate? And he is Avichem. He knows and he recognizes the heart of a Jew. 
that in, internally inside your soul, gam That's your judge. The judge has a hidden video camera of your essence, and when the prosecuting, prosecuting angel says, look what he did, he stole the car on Shabbos and bashed it up, and you as a father, you know what's going on inside, that he didn't want to, and he really regrets it. And that's the guy who's going to be judging you. And therefore, Ashrechem Yisrael. Ashrechem Yisrael, you know why? Because the guy who's judging you is your father who loves you. He's not going to cause you any more pain that's necessary. And he knows when you come up, he's saying, no, I really didn't mean to. He goes, yeah, I know. That's what I was just telling the prosecutor. I said, you don't know this kid. I grew up with him. He's a great kid. He doesn't mean to be bad. And the prosecutor comes in, you know what he did? I told him he smoked weed and the thing, and he's doing this avera and this avera, right? And you're saying, no, no, I know the kid. I know him. He's my boy. I know him. He's good. Do you believe in your kid more than you believe in his actions that are bad? Can you believe in his essence? That is the way that Hashem is matar you. That's why we're fortunate. This is brought down in the Zayar HaKadosh. We're going to be celebrating like Ba'amer in a few days. The tremendous love that Hashem has for Yid. Hashem knows the root of where the Neshama of Yid comes from. And we also have to remember this. Everything is for Hashem and everything is for us and our children. When a Jew realizes and thinks that his emuna, his faith in Hashem, is not clear, he should know that really you are a believer. There are clouds that are covering the light of emuna. If you go outside and there's an eclipse, or it's a very dark day, it's very cloudy and dark, you say, oh, there's no sun? No, you have to believe there's a sun, and it's sunny. It's like Jamaica. It's like Florida, except there are clouds. It's not shot that the sun got weak. Only a small child thinks that the sun becomes less radiant on a, on a dark day. The sun is there. There's clouds. So we have to believe, even when we are having trouble with our amuna, that really I'm a maimon, but that clouds are covering the ur of amuna. Hainu, shiesh it's not part of, it's not a problem in the Amuna. It's external problems, external clouds. Hamachasim that cover up. Umivalbulim ach bipnimiyos hanefesh. I'm sorry. Hainashish oven chitsoinim amachasim umivalbulim. There are confusions and covers on the outside. Ach bipnimiyos hanefesh, inside of the soul. Yeshli yehudi Amuna behira. We really have perfect, clear Amuna. Umikoyach hagilu yhazeh. And from this revelation, Amar Rib Shimon Bayachoy. Yachalani liftar is kala oilam in hadin. said, I could patter everybody in the world from din. The way he looked at us, the way Hashem looks at us, where is their din? Where, what do you see? You see somebody doing something bad? I see a bunch of people who are trying so hard. You see a bunch of people who feel like they have no amuna? I see it's very cloudy. I see that Hashem turned off the lights by Charbon Mesamikdash over 2,000 years ago. And even the worst kids, so to speak, in Klai Yisrael, doing the worst Averis, are coming back after they get out of the cycle and we give them the love and reconnection and the nafshay kshur benafshay. Look at how many of them come back and do tshuva me'ahava. What a kiddush Hashem they're making. Showing that they spit at the entire world of taiva. Every home sweet home guy. 
30 out of 33 of them left completely Shemit Mitzvahs. I thought they were bad. Didn't you tell me that Mechal Shabbos Perfehesia, didn't their parents give up on them? Weren't these kids that everybody gave up on? So how, within a year, would they, Mamish, they spit a kid in yeshiva that looks out the window and says, ooh, that looks good, that taiva, but I'm a yeshiva boy. So that's one thing. A kid who's out there on the street, who was over every Avera from Aleph to Tuf, every possible Avera was over, and he says, I'm done. That doesn't bring happiness. And he does tshuva me'ahava. It brings out more kvot shemayim, possibly, than any one of us could ever bring out. And they're one after another. These kids always, Be'ezus Hashem, come back. And they always spit at the world, at all of the things that we don't do, but we kind of think, oh, that would be fun. They know it's not fun. They believe it. They see that it's not fun. And that's what Shimon Ba'echai said, that if you don't look at the external, if you look at the internal, and you believe in a Jew, you didn't even see the Keshes. I want to say a diok that I just thought of. There was no Keshes. What's Keshes? A rainbow. A rainbow represents that Hashem is angry with us. Just because Rav Shimon um, was not angry at us, looked good at us, so why does that mean Hashem didn't give a Keshes? If the leaders don't see bad in the cloud, then Hashem doesn't get angry either. The Keshes is there because if people look down at Jews who are sinning, and that's going to create the Keshes. That's going to create, and in Shemaim, there's a bilbul. But if the leaders of Rav Shimon says, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't see anybody. That's bad. I don't see bad. So then we don't need a keshes. He took away the wrath of Hashem. The revelation of Rav Shimon in the Zayar Kaddish is that he revealed something that we need today like oxygen. In the time of the Beis HaMikdash, they probably didn't need this because when everybody's doing good and is acting good, you don't need this. He revealed the damaged sinner. He revealed the Kayach HaNefesh Shel Yehudi Sheba'oymek Pnimi Yusay Sheba'oymek deep inside the Pnimi is Nafshay Kosher Yehudi L'Hashem Izbarach We speak about Benafshay Kshur Benafshay A Yid is Kosher to Hashem is bound Uvachol Yehudi Nimtza Chelek HaToiv Bechin Yazer Hashem Izbarach Sheshchusu Dereb Shimon Ba'yechol Yogen Oleinu V'Alkol Yisrael 